Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, November 14th. 2022. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm so grateful you're along for the ride here today on Locked On Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. The only daily podcast devoted to the life of Duke Athletics is Locked On Blue Devils. We bring you amazing content each and every day. Also, be sure to watch the show and subscribe on YouTube. Your support means the absolute world, so make sure you take some time to help us out. In that regard, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, we've got another Duke recruiting look back. This is the time of year where we're seeing letter of intents being turned in for Duke men's basketball. Why not continue to look back at the successful recruiting classes that Duke has had over the years? And we go back to the class of 2014 coming out of high school that went on to deliver a national title for Duke on today's show. And joining us for the conversation today is my very good pal, Jason Jordan, the Director of College Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, here to look back one more time with us. Jason, thanks for the time as always. And uh, look, anytime you've got a recruiting class that was able to deliver in the way in which this 2014 one did, it's a fun conversation for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they you know, you, you don't often – you aren't often, you're probably almost never able to say that somebody, the class exceeds the expectations and goes ahead and wins the title. So um, for them to be able to get that done, I think it's understated how how special that that class was and what they were able to do. So big time, big time for sure. Yeah, able to deliver a national championship. So we got to get yeah. right to it. And of course, talking about college football and college basketball recruiting, we'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official partner of such and sponsor of such here on the Locked On Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. So this class for Duke features Tyus Jones, Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, and Grayson Allen. I, I think we start with the two guys at top, Jason, because going into their college basketball recruitment, the biggest story that was out there is that those two guys in particular, Tyus Jones and Jaleel Okafor, wanted to play together. What do you remember about that? Well, I did that. I remember I did the story about that um, that summer or spring or something. When it was starting to buzz a little bit, Debbie, Debbie, good, good people, great, great friend. I've known her for years, Tyus's mom. And um, uh, Jaleel's pops, you know, they, they would say that, oh, yeah, our parents, when they, they would say, oh, we think about playing together. And at, at worst, it was like a thought. And it's like, hey, a, a lot of recruits say that, even to this day. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, okay. And then it was, it, it was consistent. Then uh, they would start, start to say, our parents are talking. And so then I would talk to the parents, and Chuck and Debbie would be like, yeah, you know, we had a conversation. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, they would, it was becoming more and more, uh, real. And so I would see how intense the conversations were in the back channels. And it was like, oh, they're actually, oh, so they're going to do it. Oh, okay. Got it. Wow. That's insane. Um, so it came down to a point where it was like, no, it's really going to happen. And um, 
you know, it was like process of elimination. Who's who's on them both the hard, you know what I mean? And so that was always fun to try and piece those two things together. But Jaleel and Tyus were both bloggers of mine for a couple of years each. And so, um, yeah, they, they just grew their bond, you know, on the circuit. And, um, I think they're very close to this day. Yeah. We talked about, you know, the, the momentum that Duke had gotten in recent years. If we go back in time to a high school class of 2014, remember they've already seen Kyrie Irving and Austin Rivers and Jabari Parker walk through the door as freshmen who have gone on and and played one year of college basketball and been selected really high in the NBA draft. Uh, Did it feel inevitable, Jason, looking back on it, that Duke would end up being the school? Or were there any other big players that you remember? Yeah, I think it was it was a foregone conclusion on most people's minds that um, they would they would ultimately win out. I mean, um, they were I, I never felt like. Again, you know, I've talked to them a lot, so I don't know if maybe my my conversations were a little bit, you know, when the recorder went off, I <laughs> I felt like I knew, you know, they you could get the sense just in talking to to the the parents and then and then Jai and Tyus, but yeah, I never where you know where I, I sometimes I'm really puzzled. I'm not trying to say I know everything. Sometimes I'm really like, ah, this guy's good. Poker face extraordinaire. But and these guys had a good poker face, but yeah, I don't think they were I think they were always going to do. I think they were always going to do. And you gotta imagine they complement each other so well because you talk about the fact that uh, when guys do want to team up, possibly uh, there could be a fear of uh, stealing playing time and spotlights from one another. But what's a good big man if he doesn't have a good point guard to deliver the basketball yeah. to and vice versa? What's a good point guard if he doesn't have the big man to run and pick and pick and roll and that sort of thing? And here you are with this great combination of Tyus and Jaleel teaming up together. Yeah, and then, you know, ja, the way they play too, like Tyus, you know, obviously a great scorer, especially even in high school when he's playing with Howard Pulley. Um, but he liked to pass. Like he liked to run the show and he would make the big shot. I mean, I think y'all remember the big shot he made yeah. in that title game. But, you know, he he liked to distribute. He liked to be known for being like a, a distributor and a guy who would lead the EYBL and assist. He wanted that. You know, he wanted that jacket. And then you have Jaleel, who um, was just a mammoth. I mean, he just, you know, he just overpowered everybody. He had great footwork. I remember that summer he rolled his ankle a few a few times and so he he would he would roll his ankle a lot i remember that um so but you know when he played he was literally i mean and he played in he played with oh man what's the kid's name he was in chicago too uh he played at Cary high school oh man i can see him and everything but he played in an era when there were other big boys there that were formidable but he was just he was just better than everybody else you know so um, and it made sense. Like, so you, you want to, as a big, who is going to be a big, not these new guys, no offense, but a guy who's going to stay in the paint, you want a great point guard and why not get the, the, why doesn't the number one center want the number one point guard to play with him? Who wants to pass the ball and be known as the, you know, the lead assist guy in the country. So yeah, it kind of made sense. And we went on to see, you know, even at their professional careers, which we'll talk about at some point, Tyus Jones continues to have multiple years running where he's yeah. right there at the top of the entire league in assist-to-turnover ratio. Like, 
He wants to share the rock and he wants to take care of the basketball as well. And that's exactly what we saw him do at Duke. All right. There's a couple of more members of this recruiting class that we want to be sure we give some love to. And we'll do that as we continue moving forward here on this Monday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual for a credit or debit card, and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Promo code LOCKED. Upside, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated. That 2014 recruiting class for Duke featured the package deal in Jaleel Okafort and Tyus Jones. But a wing also wanted to join the party, and uh, he comes out of the state of Texas. Justice Winslow decides to sign a letter of intent for Duke. What do you remember about Winslow coming out? Yeah, I remember um, when it was when they, you know, I remember when they set the date and Jai and Ty set the date. And it was it 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 was already kind of catching on that you know Justice could be a part of that too. And then I remember when they committed. I think Justice was like a week after them or something like that, but. You know, he announced he I'm committing. And so when that happened, everybody was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, you know, he's definitely was part of that package. Um, So it was like people forget it was like a, it was a it did start with John Tyus, but, it, you know, they were all part of USA basketball. And so um, they uh, they formed bond, a bond. There. And those three, it was kind of a three way in the end. I think it started with them, too. And then. Uh, I remember Chuck, Chuck, and they were really lobbying for justice, and and you know uh, they got seven days later. I, I think it was literally seven days later that he committed to Duke, and it was kind of like you know as much as P- I think Jai ended up being the number one player in that class. Uh, Tyus was certainly the number one point guard, but you know a lot of people, and I, I was one of them that you know was like justice, justice could be the, you know he could be the <laughs> the X factor. You know he's the enforcer. He's a tough guy. You know, he's a guy that does a whole lot of different things well at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, um, guards multiple positions, could be a lockdown defender on the perimeter. And so, um, and you see, you know, he was that X factor on that team. He was the, you know, uh, the glue guy for me, you know, at times the best player on the court. Um, and, you know, he's obviously thrived at the next level. But, yeah, he definitely, I thought he was potentially the most important uh, player in that class. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Justice absolutely delivered pun intended for, for what he was able to do for Duke in that one season. Uh, they had that big elite eight game against Houston where he's from and hits a couple of big threes uh, down the stretch for Duke on their way again to, of course, winning the national championship. What do you remember about his offensive game? I mean, a lot of talk about being a lefty out there, uh, six, six, good size, good frame. What do you remember about his offensive game? 
just that he did a lot of things really well. Like he knocked down shots. Um, he would pick his spots really well. Like, so he would, he recognized situations. So he was smart. So he would, he wouldn't, you know, he was a super athlete as you obviously know. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't pressed to show that. I always thought that really stood out about him. Like he was more smart than he was looking for the wow play. So if it made more sense for him to stop at the mid range, he would pull up for the floater. He wasn't always trying to go down there and, you know, make the wow play where he would miss the dunk, but get the wow from the crowd. So he wasn't that guy. Um, and so he would, you know, and then, you know, just, I, I always loved his confidence. I mean, I, I know that he felt like he was always the best player on the court um, when he would play in the summer, whether anybody else agreed or not, he felt that way. And that kind of came through in how he delivered and the way he was able to deliver um, in high school. And then it obviously translated into the next level. So, I, that's why I was like, he's gonna be the guy. Yeah. That just mentality wise, he just he's just so tough. Like he he doesn't try to be tough. He's just tough. Just naturally a tough kid. And um, he was. I mean, Duke would not have won the national title without Justice. That's a fact. So Jeff Cable we, that. Yeah. No. No kidding. So we talk about Jaleel coming out of Chicago. We've got Tyus Jones uh, yeah. from Minnesota. You've got Justice Winslow from Texas. Kind of all over the place. Uh, and then the last yeah. member of that 2014 class that went on to have a full four-year career at Duke uh, and, and is both loved and absolutely hated by fans <laughs> across college basketball is by way of Jacksonville, Florida. Grayson Allen comes onto the scene, the least heralded of the bunch. Yeah. He played the fewest minutes of the four on yeah. that national title team. But tell me about a, a young Grayson Allen, Jason. Now he, I remember he played on the Each One Teach One team with D'Angelo Russell and Joel Berry. Right. So just imagine that three. That right. combination. <laughs> Good gracious. And I know his friendship with Joel Berry has been well yeah. documented with the Duke Carolina oh, angle yeah. that goes with it and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good team. Uh, always really tough. He always played really tough. He, he, you know, I know people are going to say he's a dirty player, but he, was, he wasn't that, but he was, he was tough. Like he was a, uh, you know, scrappy, um, just a guy who would really get after it. Um, always diving for the loose ball, that kind of thing, but super athletic. I mean, he was who you saw at Duke. Duke Grayson was, especially on that each one teach one, because that was a traveling all-star team. The the national title game where he really showed up, that was who he was in the summer and in high school full-time. Good point. So that's when he really had his mind. What a time to have a moment, right? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no kidding. You know, he staked his claim as a Duke legend in that game. Um, but that's who he was beforehand. Just an athlete who played interchangeably in the guard position. People thought he was a point guard. I never thought he was a point guard. Um, but Because he was always best when he was just being in attack mode, looking to score, looking to create opportunities for himself and his teammates. But always tough. Always tough. He, all, he wanted all the smoke. Yeah. That was great. That was great. Super athletic, and, and we've seen in his yeah. professional career the last two years he started at that two-guard spot for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. And, and you talk yeah. about that athleticism and the display he had in the title game. After Duke wins the national championship, after it's Wisconsin that they down, they don't play that undefeated Kentucky team that year. People knew, okay, well, Justice is going to be gone. Okafor is going to be a top three pick. Tyus Jones yeah. is likely out. And then all of a sudden, Jason, based off – one game, Jason Allen is getting like, wait, this guy could be a first-round pick. Like, maybe he should go. 
And then we kind of played that game with Grayson Allen for the next four yeah. years and every yeah. year deciding to go back to Duke. But, yeah, I think people saw uh, some game in him for quite some time. Yeah, and I've, obviously it's translated. And as much as you hate Grayson Allen, I mean, he's, he's been a productive NBA player. He has no okay. way around Yeah. You know, um, he's still – he's got a bright future. You know, he's right. going to make a lot of money as an NBA player. So you can hate him all you want to, but – you, you shoot greater than 40% from three for any team. They're going to keep giving you paychecks. They're definitely going to keep giving you a paycheck. He, you know, so I think he's obviously carved out his niche. Um, he's not tripping on being hated um, because he's living his dream. You know, yes. he's always been that kind of guy, though. Like he I think people think that he's affected by that more than he is. Um, actually, uh, I think that's like a fan thing. Like I, people, I don't think he thinks about being hated. He's not. He's never come across as that kind of kid to me. Like, but I think, you know, media and it's certainly fans are like, man, I just he probably still worries about tripping uh Xavier Raton Mays and from Florida State. <laughs> yeah, back name there. Uh, you know, hey, I don't those, these guys don't think those, those guys are probably friends now, you know. Yeah. So um that's a fan thing, and that's you know, like an old uh old wives tale now, water under the bridge. Those guys don't really care. People on YouTube can fact check me on this, but I want to say it was the player's name was Santa Anna that he yeah. tripped at Elon. And for whatever reason, that name's just been ingrained in my memory ever since. Yeah. Uh, he got, yes. he, uh, now, now, that said, Grayson's had, he's tripped a couple people. So he definitely, <laughs> he definitely tripped X because I know X uh, at Cameron when they played right. Lord He certainly tripped him. But or he grabbed his leg, you know, the, the, the whatever. The, yeah, whatever, man. They those guys are probably, they they don't hold that stuff. None of them. Uh, what a class! The class of 2014 for the Duke Blue Devils. We'll wrap up our conversation after this final timeout here today on the program. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Nissan. What an exciting opportunity we've got here with Nissan! As each and every week, we're detailing the thrilling moment. In college football brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the football field for this week's thrilling moment, it's got to be this past week. Duke football, another win, knocking off Virginia Tech. The Blue Devils are now seven game winners in this new season, which is so amazing to think about. The season has been outstanding, and Riley Leonard has delivered. A lot of thrilling moments at that quarterback spot. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. As we welcome you back into Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Jason Jordan, the Director of College Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, Busy time of year once again for you, Jason, as uh, all these basketball players are having to turn in some letter of intents uh, and declaring their 2023 decisions, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's winding down. We got a, you know another day or two uh, in the early signing period. But, yeah, it's they keep us on our toes for sure. I mean, DJ kind of – it was, you know, DJ Wagner on Monday. It kind of came, you know, last minute. But, you know, I get it. These kids want to get this thing over and done with so they ain't got to keep answering the same million – dollar question that they've been asked uh, for the last year so yeah I completely understand and um, I'm glad to get them off the board too yeah but as much as they're tired of a answering these questions we're tired of asking them I think I can speak to <laughs> those media guys and fans want to know too they're ready to move on and they're ready to welcome you one way or the other and there's always you know it's it's it, thankfully thankfully with what you do 
it is not nearly as bad as in college football. One, just the sheer volume of recruiting that takes place in that sport. But fortunately, it just also doesn't feel like we see these crazy late minute, last minute, not to say it hasn't happened before, and it's going to happen again, Jason, but sheer volume, it's nowhere near college football because even for a school like Duke, right, last week we saw four of the five players turn in a letter of intent. We're waiting for McKenzie and Baco and Simeon Wilcher to sign theirs at their school. And, you know, there could be a moment of panic for Duke fans out there like, whoa, whoa, why has it not been turned in as soon as it was able to be turned in? And as you well know, sometimes these guys just want their moments and whatever their schools have set up for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, yeah, the, the Duke can rest his Michael's good. You know, he's never, they, <laughs> they just got the assembly. They're doing the, their time. But yeah, uh, I'll say this. Uh, I had that conversation the other day, like football is completely different. I mean, basketball, you know, we're definitely easy like a Sunday morning. But I'll say this. Coaches are, they do get a little edgy. You know, it's like, okay, so Monday, did you want to do it the same day? It's like, no, we're going to do it Wednesday. Well, okay, well, maybe you could go ahead and sign, but then do your uh, – you know, you ceremony, your, your ceremony. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and sign on the first and I, i'll be honest with you most of them do that and so um sometimes and i'm not saying uh mckenzie's done this but a lot of times nine times out of ten they go ahead and sign that first day and the cut the staff will honor and be like yeah we're not tripping we're not gonna say you did it or right, have yeah. your moment and they will announce the day you do it so you know rest assured everybody will be where they're supposed to be yeah, and that's the beauty of basketball, right? And now we see this amazing class of 2023 being put together for Duke, and yeah. the record is still yet to be written on what they could accomplish. But to bring our conversation full circle today, you kind of look at the recruiting classes for Duke men's basketball. I guess that class of, of 2014 kind of carries the cake, yeah. uh, being the ones that delivered on a national championship. Got to, man. You got to tip yeah, that. that there's that. That's the measuring stick. Because if you, if if your goal is to get all these one and done kids, to get all these five star kids, um, and that's the lane you're in, and I certainly that is the lane that uh, the Dukies are in and have been in forever. Um, then you got to produce titles. So you know, you can. Oh man, we had a really good season with the Sweet Sixteen. Nope, not good enough. Yeah. Oh, we to find, even the Final Four. You know, even like la- you know, last year Coach K's Final Ride Final Four. That sounds great, but they want that title, baby. You For know? sure. For sure, um, sure. So, you know, and that and and Duke knows that obviously now Shire well versed in that he won one. So they know his title of bust and um, the recruits take that as like, a, you know, a call to action. And they love that. They love that. Um, they're built for it. And that's why they come there. So they know that if they don't win, then they fail. <laughs> and that sounds harsh. Right. And, it, and yeah, all that. That's all. Oh, we had a good seat. No, 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 no. They know they fail. You know, and, you know, one only one team can win. But at the end of the day, these are the best players on planet Earth. And that if you ask them, they'll tell you, like, nah, man, it's title or bust. That's right. the only thing we're worried about, the title. And this one-and-done era, look, it's, it's national titles to determine what recruiting class is the greatest for Duke. And it was the class of 2014 that delivered. John Shire, an assistant on that staff. Emil Jefferson started for that team. Uh, and has a national championship and now an assistant coach for the squad. So, uh, so much fun. Jason, as always, an absolute pleasure to talk ball with you. Thanks for being on the program again. I always love being here, man. Look forward to the next time. That's my buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated, joining us here on today's show. 
What a fun conversation it was with him. And that's going to do it for our program today. We're back at it tomorrow. Big game tomorrow. Duke versus Kansas. A battle of top 10 teams. A marquee matchup here early in the year. We'll talk about it all coming up on tomorrow's show. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.